0: podcast as always covering all the rugby that's gone on over the past week now it's a bit of a different one this week because we are without Murray who usually uh, pulls the strings and organizes everything so he, he sort of left us alone which is a terrible idea I'm joined by harve he's back
1: Hey. And then,
0: once again not for the first time on uh, the Rugby Connection podcast but for the first time with me Marcello's joined us again
2: Hello, Cam. How are you, mate? The last time I was on this pod was previewing Zebra against Sharks and saying that Zebra were going to win their losing streak against the Sharks in the URC. And what happened?
0: I personally don't remember that. I personally, <laughs> he's I he's blocked it I out. Blocked memory with those yeah, things. yeah. I yeah. do know that Zebra versus Sharks is happening again soon. So it is. I mean, yeah. we'll see what yeah. happens there. But um, probably
2: you're probably at your chance at revenge then. To be fair. <laughs>
0: Fingers crossed, because, yeah, that scarred me for life. Yeah. We'll start with, because we had the final round of the pools with the both the European competitions. And we'll start with the Challenge Cup, as we usually do, the little babby competition. Uh, and on the Friday night, we had Gloucester hosting Cast 35-5. Uh, Scarlets hosted Edinburgh, and I predicted the Scarlets give Edinburgh a bit of a hard run, but... Uh, <sighs> 31-19, uh, the Welsh regions, as expected, haven't done too well in this competition. Uh, the Black Lions, once again, uh, struggling to find that magic that they found against Gloucester and Scarlets. They get pretty handily beaten by Clement, 36-3. Uh, pau versus Zebre, this was a good game. This was a good game. And I think we'll talk about this game quickly because... One thing about Zebra, I will say, and yes, I know, a bit bitter that the, the, the Sharks lost them and whatnot, they have improved a hell of a lot this season. They improved last season, especially towards the start of the season, where you thought they've got to be getting a win at some point, but they've they've had wins this season.
2: Yeah, they have, um, and I think they could have probably had a few more, I mean, in that first I think it's that first block of four games of the URC season. They should have beaten Ulster in the first game. Um, literally have a five meter scrum in the eightieth minute on the Ulster line. Should should win that game, you know, could have easily beaten Ospreys as well away from home. Um, so yeah, you know, this we knew this Zebra side were going to be a totally different, totally different team this season. Um and it's good to see that they're sort of competing on all fronts and that game at the weekend, you know bit of game management potentially and, and maybe kicking points when they should kick points and trying to score a try close to the post, you know, these sorts of things. Um, that game could have ended completely differently and there was a point in that game when I thought Zebra had control and um, ultimately had the game in their hands and I think I'd be really disappointed that they didn't win. However, you know, getting a couple of bonus points, um, results elsewhere helped them out and um, they get through and, you know, both Italian franchises through to the round of sixteen in the in the Challenge Cup is is massive for Italian rugby. It's massive for both clubs, and uh, yeah, we're in you know club form. Getting into Six Nations, you know these players are, are really flying. So uh, it's
0: fair to say we're we're quietly confident and hopeful of, of what might come out next. Well, yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, talking about you know both the Italian franchises, the next game we have a bit of a different story because Benetton versus Montpellier. Uh, expected Benetton get the win 27-19 Benetton have been flying very high this season they're sitting second on the log in the URC they finished top of their pool in the challenge cup um, i mean Harv, you'll know that you know we we have a bit of a, a running joke about benetton that you know rainbow cup champions we love them benetton are the greatest team to ever exist but this this season they're actually looking like they're looking like the real deal Is half still with us?
1: I am sorry, mate. Uh um... you are.
0: I thought we lost you there, mate.
1: <laughs> Better sort have of completely shocked me this year. I mean, second in URC, we've know we know they've always been around mid-table-ish. If they can if they can hit some surprises, maybe. This year they've just blown everyone out of the water. And it's gonna be quite an interesting um battle for that Scots Italian Shield. Um against Glasgow, who have been high flying as well. Um, so that will probably be one of the things I'm looking out for by the end of the season. Um, if not, I'd love to see Benetton go all the way. I think all of us would. Um but I don't know. There's uh, there's something in the back of my mind that says that this is only quite short lasted.
0: There might be a there might be a choke There might up. be a
1: bit of a dip, yeah.
0: You do look at their team sheet and you look at the names on that team sheet and it is screaming quality. Um, You've got a good chunk of the Italian national squad. Uh, You've got uh, big names like Fekatoa just hanging about in there. Um, And then you've got uh, a couple of Argentinian internationals thrown in there as well. So it's a very quality team. And I think this season they've just clicked and everything's worked for them. And I think there is that uh, sort of transfer from those internationals, especially that core part of the Italian squad, which is just bringing a bit of that structure because Italy also on the international scene have been on, yes, a bit of an up and down, but it has been a gradual rise. So, uh, yeah, Benetton, we sort of have to sit back and wait to see what they can do this season. If they can go all the way in the URC. I think they're very strong contenders for the challenge cup, so
2: they'll win it. They'll win it.
0: They'll win it. They have to get past the sharks first. No, nah, they'll win it. They'll win
2: it. <laughs> Especially I think I think they can get a nice home run together as well. Um, I think at home they're so hard to beat. I I think if the draw's kind, I think they go all the way. I really do. I think they're they're more than good enough and um yeah, I mean, what a season so far, and the first few games of the URC season. Benetton had their internationals out, and we're still, you know, putting the results together. And like you said, we've got Benetton have those imports; they've got those those foreign players in that side. That when the Italians do go, I still think they're a strong squad, and I don't think they'll be too much of a dip uh, during the Six Nations that maybe in previous years we've seen. So, yeah, uh, there, there is there is the, the sky's the limit for this Benetton side. It really is, but. Uh, Yeah, I think we can give URC a really good
0: go. But the Challenge Cup, I think, is a
2: bit more of a realistic target.
0: You make me sweat here as a Sharks fan. (laughs) Um, We'll move on because we had uh, Oyonnax versus the Cheaters, the Amsterdam Cheaters, as we've been calling them. Um, The Cheaters not finding their form against Oyonnax, Close game, 28-27. But they've fallen short of uh, the two French sides in their pool. Uh, move on to the Sunday where we had, for me, maybe the game of the round in the Challenge Cup was the Lions versus the Ospreys. Because I honestly, watching this, I thought the Ospreys were dead and buried. Going to Johannesburg, uh, go well, going to any of the South African, um, South African teams, but especially Pretoria and Johannesburg, Altitude, I thought the Ospreys were dead and buried. But what a comeback... In the dying minutes, in the last, I think, what was it? Keelan Giles goes over on the 72nd minute. And then we get two tries after that, which pushes them to a 10-point lead after being at a 10-point deficit. Okay.
2: Yeah, Toby's, um, Toby Booth done a great job. Amazing.
0: Um, job. I, I was sitting there because obviously I was back in the lines because I back, I back the South African teams when they're playing at any of the abroad teams. But I was sort of just sitting there gobsmacked. And I kind of I was like, fair play. Because obviously the Welsh teams haven't been doing too well. Cardiff in the Champions Cup. And then you've got the Scarlet's and the Dragons also in the Challenge Cup here. It's not been a good run. It's not been a good run for a while for Welsh rugby. Um, but the Ospreys are sort of holding the fort a bit. And uh, they do get round of 16 qualifications. So at least they're having someone go off into the playoffs. Uh, for the Lions... Uh, they just fell asleep. Yeah, the defense crumbled and it's not much more to say. You know, they're a young, inexperienced team. They've been clicking the season well, but you know, if if you sort of just fall asleep, you know, a team like Ospreys that got quality talent, they're gonna they're gonna capitalize. Talking about teams who haven't been doing too well this season, Newcastle Falcons get their first win of the season, not only in the Challenge Cup, but also in the Premiership. So first win of any fixture in the season against Perpignan, 32-23 and they did it away from home. How did they do that then?
2: The franchise and in the Challenge Cup generally just couldn't give less of a shit. They?
0: It does I feel just... like that, doesn't it? it? It does feel like that. But honestly, Newcastle have been so woeful this season that I I I, I could have seen them going for the for the for the winless season I... in, in all games.
1: I don't even think they've been awful. Like defensively, no. defensively, all right. They haven't shipped too many. It's always been it's always been tight encounters. I think it's a lot of unluckiness. Just they not, ha-
0: not going their way. This they've season. got
1: they've got they have got some star quality. I'm talking about individuals. We're not talking about a whole team here. Yeah, they are probably the weakest side in the Premiership, but there is some star quality in that. They're going to lose them next season which doesn't bode well but don't know Newcastle have been i mean i wouldn't see them against exeter they were so close to winning that day yeah defensively very very sound very very structured um on the attack again they've got fast breakaway players um you know in their backline there's just a little bit of you know there's just odd patches in the team that just isn't as strong as everywhere else. And that's, you know, they almost just don't have a consistent spine. Yeah, it's inexperienced
2: as well. They don't think they're quite a youthful inexperienced side. And I think up front and in that pack, they haven't got a lot going for them. Um, like you said, they've got they've got sort of the star quality out wide. um, But then so there's that old saying, isn't it? The forwards win you the games and... I just don't think they've got they've got a pack to match anyone match the premiership at this point in time. So but I mean, you know, I've you know, they they've they definitely deserved I it would have been it would have been really harsh and I don't think anyone would have enjoyed seeing them go a whole season without winning and I hope in the premiership they do find a way to, to break that duck as well. But um yeah, I mean I haven't I, I watched a bit of the highlights of that game, but I didn't watch too much of it. But good to see them, good to see them uh, get a win in France as well. And I'm sure they had a Probably had a good evening of
0: it. Do you know what's also good to see, boys? Is my beloved Sharks getting a bonus point win away from home, putting us top of the seed, home playoff in the round of 16 against a certain Italian team that we yeah, need, uh, no, they, need know. a bit of revenge for. Um, yeah, listen, Dragons versus Sharks. I'll say a few words. I won't go on about this because, listen, for the first half, a first half an hour, uh, it was woeful. Uh yes, the weather didn't uh, didn't help too much. You know, we've been having some pretty strong winds, some pretty awful weather here in Wales. But uh, overall, not even using that excuse, it was woeful. The Dragons looked mm-hmm. to be the dominant team. Um, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't even get a pass to hand. Uh, pass to hand. But it's just the second half performances for us have been a bit of a a bit of a thing throughout. I think the last two seasons. Uh, we showed it against the Dragons last time we played them where we sort of completely blew them out of the water in the second half. Uh, and we did it again this time to a bit of a smaller scale. But uh, yeah, again, last 10 minutes and Grobler goes over, man of the match, well-deserved, absolute work workhorse. If there's one guy in the forward pack that we need to keep hold of, it's this guy. Then LaRue uh, Roots goes over on the 78th minute and then Werner with the most house try I've ever seen goes over on the 80th. It does inflate the lead a bit. It does give us that bonus point. Um, I'd argue the score doesn't correctly reflect the game because I don't think we were dominant in any fashion other than those that sort of last 15 minutes or so. But it's a win away from home, which wins have been hard to come by for the Sharks this season. Uh, and it's a bonus point win, and it sets us top of the seed into the round of 16 and gives us a little bit of a a better pathway uh, to make it into those big knockout games <clears throat> does it uh, and i will say the dragons were unlucky with with the disallowed try um i i would have said you know that that was grounded with his chest which by the rules is fine but uh i won't argue with it being disallowed i'll just say that much um but we'll just quickly have a look at the round of sixteen is it going to show me on here?
2: Suspense is killing me.
1: This is,
0: suspense this is, is killing me. It's I thought Flash would show it to me, but it doesn't. Anyway, uh, it, do, it, it does. It does.
1: I've I've got it up, mate. I've got it up. Go on, half. Take it away. Right. Um, so. Uh of course we know Sharks is playing Zebra in uh around a sixteen, first versus sixteenth seed. Um winner of that will play Edinburgh versus Bayonne. Um, Claremont versus the Cheaters will play Um Montpellier or Ulster. Uh Gloucester or Cast will play uh Ospreys or Sale, and Benetton and Lyon will play uh Powell or Connacht.
0: Just quickly, boys, I know we've still got uh, knockout games for, for them to qualify, for, but just quickly, at, at the round of 16, what final do we expect to see? Who do we expect to see in the final?
2: I'm saying Benetton are getting there. I'm saying Benetton are getting there. I'm saying the I Sharks are getting
0: there. Ben, I'm saying it's going to be a Sharks-Benetton final.
2: So is it, half? what side of the draw? So I know Benetton's on the one side, the other side of the draw. What are those teams against?
1: Uh, what so? Uh, which side are you talking about? The one with the, that, side,
2: uh, the, side with the Ospreys,
1: in it? Oh, side with Ospreys. Um, yeah, so Gloucester, Gloucester, Cashed, yeah. Ospreys, Sale, Benetton, Lions, Powell, or Connacht.
2: I mean, you got to look at, I mean, Leon are a, Leon are a force, aren't they? Um, no one will enjoy going to sail, particularly because no one does. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then with the Stafkens side, it's just just the Sharks, right?
0: Is it? There are the cheetahs hanging about in there. I didn't but, even know uh, they still existed. I, I yeah, to be honest, In the nicest that way possible. In. They're the current they turned, champions. They
2: turned up and dicked Zebra in the first game. And I thought, well, where on earth did this team come from? I didn't even know they existed.
0: Crazy, we just made them
1: up. In terms of a final, I'd say Claremont Benetton.
0: Ah, boring. Well, it wouldn't be a boring game, it'd be a brilliant game, but it's gonna be be incredible.
1: Uh, I I think maybe I just want to see the spectacle, especially in London. That would
0: be a spectacle. That would be a spectacle
1: on on my own patch. That would be uh, a decent roundup of games.
0: I'm stick. I'm sticking with my guns. I'm going a Sharks Benetton final. Bias is in there.
1: I've got but... to say, I could. Sm- uh, it stinks of bias, but
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I generally think
2: Benetton can get there, and um, there are some good sides left, especially in that side of the draw. So i to wait and see. I don't think. I know Gloucester have been woeful in the Premiership. But they've been pretty. They've been pretty decent in the last couple of games in the Challenge Cup. Um, I don't necessarily I, them at home. I'm pretty them at King's home on a, a European night. I think it's still still a force. Um, I don't think they qualified second. Didn't they? they were second seed in the end. I mean, Zeb. I think I think Sharks scoring another try against Dragons meant that Zebra didn't play Gloucester, and I could that's, yeah. Gloucester's about thirty minutes. Gloucester's thirty minutes from me, so I could have gone and watched that game. So, thoroughly myth that you guys scored again, and now they're go to South Africa.
0: <laughs> He's fuming. He's fuming. Like I
1: said, like I said, it's no longer European Challenge Cup. Just get them out. Yeah, just, just Challenge Cup.
0: Just because we're finishing top of the pools and whatnot. You've
1: you, anyway. you've ruined it, Cam. That's what you've done. You've ruined it.
0: Okay, we've ruined you. We've ruined your little your little European party. I'm sorry. <laughs> Genuinely, as an ambassador of South Africa, I I'll. Extend my hand of apology. Un, un, uh,
1: unofficial ambassador.
0: Unofficial ambassador. No, I was <laughs> I, I was sent by Razi Erasmus himself. But um I'm not sorry because I, I I just quite like beating European teams. It's it's sort of one of my pastimes, but um it's it's not what worked too like well good. in the US there, was it Cam?
2: In fairness.
0: For <sighs> short, I mean, yeah. Okay. Too. Thank you. I I I I'm I'm a, I'm a Stormers bulls or Lions supporter in the URC at the moment. <laughs> we'll go on to all this talk about Europe. We'll go on to the big boy at the European Champions Cup. Um the Friday matches we had Connacht finally getting a win at home 27-10 against Bristol because they've just they've they've not been able to get a win in this ch- uh, in this Champions Cup. And we had Glasgow getting a massive win revenge for them. against Toulon. A repeat of the Challenge Cup final last year uh, where Toulon just put Glasgow to the sword. It wasn't even fair. Uh, I suppose they did have Sergio Parise on, you know, just top form. But yeah, 29-5. Glasgow get their revenge there. Jump over to the Saturday uh, where, for me, game of the round was Bulls versus Bordeaux because once again, This time, they didn't quite make it enough to take the lead. But Bordeaux's comeback was absolutely insane. The Bulls were flying high in the first half. You thought Bordeaux were dead and buried. But then in the second half, uh, a try started. Well, it all started with uh, Mados Tambway scoring against his old team. And then it was just a flood of tries. The Bulls managing just about to get away with it with a couple of uh, penalty goals from Vanderbilt putting them the six points in front. But what a game. What a game. And what a quality side Bordeaux have come out to be this season.
2: Yeah, I was going to say Bordeaux are some are some team. Um, That game is nuts, by the way.
0: 46-40, that is bonkers. That, that uh, is a... See, that's, that's why we have the South African teams... In, in in the European competition. Uh, here we because, go again. Uh, because oh my because where, where, where else would we have seen a game like that? Bulls versus Bordeaux, 46-40. That's the best game of the round, Ard. Oh, I don't
1: know about that. Northampton-Munster was pretty good. Yeah, I was about to say. That, uh, that probably rivals Boren, it. Not as big a scoreline.
0: But... It's, it's Bordeaux and Bulls. They sound exciting. Northampton versus Munster doesn't sound too exciting.
1: We can not, tell. Uh, we, we can tell who's not European on air. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to anger a lot of people after this episode. Uh, no, but Bordeaux. I mean, you look at that team sheet. You look at the quality they've got. Both probably, I'd say the uh, both of France's starting wingers in uh, Bialberry and Peno. Uh, Jalibert's on the form of his life at the moment, playing with them. Uh, which is a bit, bit of a scary prospect for everyone else going into the Six Nations. You have Maxime Lucou, which I, I assume is gonna be France's uh you know first string scrum half, maybe alongside a Ligeric or something like that. But um yeah that, that Bordeaux team is is very scary. Very scary. And I mean all you need to do is look what they did to Saracens the week before and it just tells it tells you all you need to know. Uh Harv, since you're back, we have we have our, our Resident Harlequin supporter back. Talk to me a bit about 47-19 over Ulster. It's good. Oh wow. <laughs> uh
1: no. <laughs> good review. I was I I was expecting a I was expecting a much tighter game. Ulster have kind of been bullying us. I think the stat was they beat us out of our last eight meetings, they'd beaten us six times and three of them were at the stoop. So that's me thinking, oh god, um our home qualification is gonna go to absolute pot. Um 20 minutes in, scores a level, you kind of think, oh we did defend that, uh, we did defend the yellow card really well. Um we did let in the one try, but I'd say for the most part, defended really, really well. And then Harlequins just went full Harlequins and played their hearts out.
0: Just did, just did some bullshit stuff. Yeah. Can we talk, you know, can this we can is... talk about Louis Lina,
1: please? We can talk about him. How
2: good how good that first try I know he gets a bit of luck with the bounce before, but...
1: I mean, we haven't seen him, I'd say, at his best for a few years now. Um, but to see this today was was re- was so refreshing. Um, I say today, Saturday. Um, yeah. But yeah, just at, back at his best, doing what he does well. It's, it's so refreshing. And just knowing that we've still got those fresh uh, electric legs going through our back line um, just gives me so much confidence. And hopefully, um, you know, to actually make it far in this competition for once.
0: Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll move on because, listen... Half talking about Harlequins is is painful for my ears. Um, <laughs> aren't you glad to be <laughs> back? Aren't you glad to be back? We had uh, the one fixture, which is uh, it's it's just confusing because we had Leicester versus Leinster. Uh, plenty of muddle ups there, where Leicester Tigers at Welford Road hosting the ever mighty Leinster. Um, ended up being 27 10 to the bastards in blue, as I've come to coin them. Um,
1: and, and and it ends up they're playing each other again.
0: Oh, well, we'll get to that. There's been a bit of yeah, this but is uh, yeah. How many opportunities do Leicester do the I'll, I'll call the Tigers do the Tigers need to be given to score points and just not take them?
1: They're not a test team. Let's be real.
0: No, uh, Leinster... I mean, Leinster are literally an international test team. They are. They're, 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 the the their
1: seaside squad. is a is a test team.
0: Oh, no, 100%. Um, but no, watching this game, like uh, the first half, Leicester looked good. Second half, Leicester looked lost. I'd say as much as I love the guy, he is my goat. Andre Pollard looked a bit lost in the second half. Didn't really know what was going on. Wasn't able to pull the strings. And um, phew, the Tigers just fell apart. And against opposition like Leinster, if you get a bit lost, they're going to hurt you. So, yeah, 27-10 was the final score. Not as bad as it could have been. We'll move on to Rassing versus Cardiff. 48-26 in favour of Rassing. Um, that, that guy, Legadic, Scrum half a Rassing. He's been named in the friend squad. He impresses me more and more every week. Um, I think even with the loss of DuPont, I honestly, I don't think France are going to struggle one bit with the scrum master that they have coming up anyway. We'll go on to the game that you boys were talking about. Northampton versus Munster, 26-23. And, okay, fine, it was a good game. Not as good as Balls versus Bordeaux, but it was a very good game. And Northampton proving once again that they are contenders for this competition.
2: Fourteen men. So that's
0: yeah, however long as well. Uh,
2: to go to 14 to go men
0: to the from the, half, the f- for the second half, the whole of the second half, fourteen men. Yeah.
2: That's that's nuts to be able to go to the monster and be able to do that. And you know, then this Northampton team are just flying and Finn Smith, the former Worcester boy, is just having a whale of a time.
0: I was just about to say, all off the boot of Finn Smith. In that, um, well, mostly in that second half, he's on. He's a brilliant, brilliant fly off and I mean, we're all waiting for him to either get named in the England squad or the Scotland squad. He has been named in the England squad, so we are going to see him. Hopefully, um, you know, get a few get a few minutes in the Six Nations. We'll go on to the most confusing game that I've watched in a while because uh, Stade Français hosted the Stormers. Uh, in a 24-20 win for the stormers where there was much confusion about how many players were allowed on the pitch when scrums went to uncontested the rule is if you lose um if you lose your your front row so say you've subbed out your front row um and then both your props your both both your replacement props then have to come off or uh you don't have another specialist tight head or loose head blah de blah de blah you go to uncontested scrums. Because it's not, it's not safe. It's not safe to contest without a specialist. But then you also have to lose an additional player, which would bring you down to 13. Now, that was the big discussion here. Stade Francais, Maxime, uh, not Maxime, Lucu, Sekou Makalu couldn't quite grasp the concept uh, that they had to go down to 13 players. Uh, then they let play continue. They still had 14 players. Then they stopped play. They went back. Then they had to make sure they had 13 players again, and then they carried on. It was all just a mess. For and I people say the officiating was terrible. I I felt I felt a bit for the officiating in this game because honestly, I was watching it and I was confused. I didn't know what the hell was going on.
1: It's probably one of the most difficult things to officiate. Um, we saw it last year in the Island Isley game. I think there was a lot of confusion around it just because I don't think a lot of people have grasped their heads around the laws on that.
0: Well no, I remember Michaela Lamaro not being impressed with having <laughs> a, to go down to 30. Well TV no,
1: level. I I understand why it's in place, you know, but whether it seems unfair there's there's so much debate about it and I think it is extre- it's an extreme case because <laughs> not usually do you get situations where you haven't got any sort of scrum specialist on the pitch. Mm. Um, but I don't know. It just <laughs> it seems like a bit of a. It's, I, I understand why the rules in place. It's for the safety of the players. Yes, one hundred percent. I just think it needs to be outlined better to the players, maybe because yeah. it seems as if some of them don't even understand.
2: Yeah, it was, and it was like that that Italy game you talked about. It was wasn't last. It was the year before, um, and. It feels like it's you know, it was I think it was Hammy Fiverr actually who got binned in that point and then got sent off. I think. Um, so it's like, you know, there's there's blame there, but otherwise like that situation is it's a freak situation and it normally is a case of injuries as well. So it seems harsh to punish the side for injuries and make them go down to thirteen. I think and that's what we had such an issue with. Um but again, it's one of those things that rarely comes up. So when it does, it's always going to be a bit of a nightmare, it? and look, it's not it's not the first time that the French have this sort of controversy with scrums and forwards going off. And you know they've done it before, and they've got history with that. I remember that game with Wales when the game went on for about 22 minutes after after full time, and they just kept getting pounced after pounces, and players going off left, right, and centre in the front row, and they were bringing on everybody. So yeah, um, I haven't been a ref myself before with, with these sort of situations with teams losing front row and not having enough and not knowing who's come on and who's gone off like it's a it's just it's just a mess and it's very odd with this year. so my, my yeah definitely, definitely, one of those of the,
0: definitely one of those parts of the rugby law book law book that I think I to, uh, has to be refined a bit has to be made a bit more clear Um, but it did make for a, a very entertaining game because I was chuckling to myself watching the game so I will give them that Um, especially McAlew just absolutely having a mare of a time. Um, We'll move on. Saracens at home versus Lyon. They get a win after their battering at the hand of Bordeaux. 39-24, taking out a bit of frustration on, uh, on the other French team there. And then on the Sunday, we had Sale hosting La Rochelle in what I predicted not to be an absolute blowout. And it was an absolute blowout. Um, but La Rochelle predictably do get the win 37-24. They're finding uh, finding their usual form in the sort of tail end of this competition because they they were looking a bit shaky in that first game against mm. Leinster and then that game away to the Stormers. You thought, Christ, what's happened to La Rochelle? But I, I think it's it's safe to say that they're that they're back. Um And then another game of notes I'd like to say is Toulouse versus Bath. Because this was, yeah, it ends 31-19. Toulouse getting a comfortable win. All thanks to just the absolute... I, I can't even describe what watching Anton Dupont and Thomas Ramos is like. Because uh, and I will say, like we're gonna look, we're gonna look back on these players when we're old, and we're gonna think we 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 watched Anton Dupont and Thomas Ramos in the form of their life, and it was glorious, and it was glorious in this game. Bath gave it a hell of a good go, and it was all tied up nineteen nineteen uh, for for quite a duration. Uh, but then uh, Malia goes over, Ramos goes over with just a shithouse try if I've ever seen one, and to lose. Do to lose things really?
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. I mean, Bath, Bath have been fantastic, have This season they've been fantastic in this competition. Um, I think they'll be a serious threat as well going forward, and they more than match to lose uh, for large parts of that game. And sort of, they come pretty close to they come pretty close to getting a losing bonus point in the end. Which did that deny them a home quarter final? A, a home round of sixteen was it? They missed out on something.
0: Lot I think, I think it depended on another fixture as well. Yeah, I think it depended on another fixture as well. We'll, we'll get half to bring up the round of 6 oh, i I've,
1: I've, I've already got it, mate. Um, Bath are playing away.
0: <sighs> yeah, I, I, think yeah if, I
2: think if they, I think if they got a losing bonus point, or they got yeah,
1: any they points, were guess, they,
0: they really
2: ended
1: up being um ninth seed. So. Yeah. Oh, that's harsh, isn't it? Given how
0: well they've done. Like, oh, definitely.
1: Yeah. Oh. There, we'll are some, um, there are some very confusing and tasty fixtures in this. So.
0: But we'll move on to the final fixture. The upset fixture that no one saw coming was Bayonne absolutely demolishing Exeter Chiefs. 40 points to 17. Uh, Murray was not too impressed because he's beloved, he's uh, beloved schoolboys from Exeter um and Henry Slade got absolutely demolished by by Bayon. What happened there? Um but yeah. Federico
2: Mori as well. What's that? Two tries for Federico Mori, Italian centre as well.
0: Yeah those uh, those Italian those those Italian uh, Italian internationals looking uh looking looking scary. Looking scary. I think we uh we spoke about Manoncello on the other, when was it? I think it was, oh. it was the Benetton versus someone game. But when he was just, I, I said in the podcast that he is just, he looked unplayable in parts of that game. He
2: is a freak, man.
0: He is a freak. But uh, enough swanning over Italians, as <laughs> I do enough of that in my spare time. Um, we'll move on. Uh, Harv, do you wanna do you wanna quickly go over our round of sixteen fixtures for the Champions Cup, and then we'll move on to a little bit of a preview for the upcoming. Well, it's not a big deal. It's just the you know Six Nations, but uh, yeah.
1: Um, I'm gonna just dis- I'm gonna dismiss what you just said. Um, not that this will matter to you boys, because only one of our teams are in this. Um, so Toulouse will play Racing. Uh, and the winner will either play Exeter or Bath, so we could get another Toulouse-Bath
0: Okay, Um,
1: I would put my money on that 100% Bath to be Exeter Um, Harlequins-Glasgow we've got them at home hopefully finally we can actually win a European knockout game for once (laughs) but we have the the possibility of either playing Bordeaux or Saracens
0: Whoa, I That's... swear
1: they've played each other before. What, happened Saracens? Yeah, plenty of times, mate. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just the fact that Bordeaux and Sar- is exactly the same fixture. Saracens are going to have to relive that nightmare and go to Bordeaux again in a knockout game.
1: Well, you absolutely love the next one. We have Northampton versus Munster.
0: Would you believe it?
1: It's not where <laughs> um, We have Bulls-Leon. Again. Stormers versus La Rochelle.
0: Wow, honestly,
1: you probably know which one's the last one. It's Leinster versus Leicester.
0: They've hit the nail on the head with these fixtures. They really have. Bring them for a uh, Yeah, <laughs> I did see. Good.
1: I did see the other day. Um, I think someone suggested that they do it um, depending on where you actually finish in
0: your actual pool.
1: Yeah, um, obviously, like similar to how they do it in the World Cup, which makes so much more sense because I would
0: that's what I would have thought the amount
1: of plays. the amount of fixtures that are you know happening again are stupid
0: and we've talked we, talk, we talk... oh sorry carry on
1: it's it's just like you know
2: I've seen a lot of comment and it's, it's a really good point that anyone that doesn't necessarily watch rugby sort of avidly or is a bit of a casual fan you look at this round of 16 after maybe looking at the results from the final round and look at the group stage and you think why on earth are their teams playing each other again? Like it's just, it's another case of rugby just shooting itself in the foot.
1: Yeah. Again I, I think stupid. I've, I've, I've criticized the format of this competition tons because the last two years were awful with that massive, massive table and four fixtures against two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an improvement, but I think you either need to do it randomly, so just drawing teams against each
2: other. Yes, team. that's what we need. Just
1: throw all the teams in a hat, and yes, pick exactly. You know, uh, you, see the, you see this in football FA Cup, Champions yeah. League, be great, get, get, get not, like
2: a live draw as well, exactly. That's get the cele- get a celebrity,
1: ball. swirl the balls around, pick it out. Um, so yeah, I think that's. Probably more needed, if not have it a bit more structured in terms of the real
0: question is which celebrity are you getting in to pick out the pick up. You out need the... to have
1: but you need to have a celebrity who's relevant to rugby as well.
0: Henry Cavill.
1: I was gonna go Jason Momoa, but
0: I like that's okay. But I feel like it'd suit super rugby a bit more.
1: I feel Henry like Henry
0: Cavill or Jersey yeah. Red's ball. But uh ah. anyways. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm, I was about to say I'm pretty sure yeah.
1: I saw Ed Sheeran in an All Blacks top as well so <laughs>
0: um, no yeah it's good Champions Challenge Cup we've got a bit of a break now I believe round of 16 fixtures are the 5th 6th and 7th over that weekend uh, of February so we have got a bit of a break um, but it is all down to the preparation for a certain international competition that takes place every year uh, called the Six Nations. We've had all our teams released. We're all prepared. Uh, there's a lot of hype around this one because a lot of the teams are looking pretty shaken up, pretty different. Boys, what I'll do... Marcello, what I'll do is I'll ask you your opinions on your represent your representative team, so Italy. Uh, and then, Harve, you can go England. I'll... <sighs> I'll I'll talk about Wales, I suppose, and then Good. we'll uh, we'll just go over the Ireland, France, and Scotland teams as well. So just a few key players, uh, players who you think are going to stand out this Six Nations.
2: Right then, Italy. Um, like you said, I think a lot of the a lot of the squads in this tournament have are sort of seeing that transition from a certain sort of generation of player moving on now to, to younger teams. You know, we're seeing some massive names of rugby, you know, across across the six teams sort of retiring and leaving and, and going on to new things and sort of a, a, younger, a younger feel to the tournament. So I guess that gives, there's a bit more unpredictability and there's a little bit less of an idea of who will win this. I don't actually see there being like a, still think france are probably the best side but i don't necessarily think they're like the standout winners. i don't you look at this competition and go that team is definitely winning it i think there's a little bit more sort of an unknown about it and i think that plays into our hands um a little we like i've said we've our two franchises are in really good form um obviously zebra have only won two games of, of rugby but given that they didn't win sort of haven't been used to winning many games at all. So to go into it on the back of two wins and some really good performances, uh, we've got some players in really good form. Bennett and exactly the same. We've got a squad of players that are in form. We've also, for the first time in what seems like forever, we're having selection headaches. We don't know who that first 15 is. We don't know which is our best 15. You know, we've got players that are all competing across the board, you know. To say that even our captain, sort of his position uh, is, is, is is debated as a lot and um I was doing my podcast I'll give it a shout out the rugby podcast that I do with um my my two other lads and we were saying that we don't even know if Ange Capuato will start you know and I think for anyone else outside of Italy they'd think that's crazy but within it there's so much competition um so we're really excited. Um, we've obviously got a new coach in Gonzalo Quesada, who will no doubt bring a bit more organization and sort of stability to our side. I think in, you know, last six nations what we saw from Italy was very chaotic running from everywhere, um,
0: which was, you know, a downfall at times. A classic run out of your own twenty-two. We saw that exactly. a lot against like France and Ireland
2: exactly and it and it worked a lot of times but it also went against us um so we you know last six Nations we didn't win a game I thought ultimately we were probably the most competitive we've ever been in a in a six Nations last season you know we could have easily come out of that with a couple of wins uh, had things gone our way uh, so we're really excited um we've we' we're, we're, we're looking forward to seeing this young side develop again um and yeah I, I think maybe targeting Wales in Cardiff, uh, it would probably be our our minimum that we'd want I think we'd want to try and beat Wales and Cardiff uh and then push other teams and be as competitive as we were we were last six nations that's the game, that's the goal that's the aim but Kistad has just come in you know he's not had a long time with this squad and there's there's going to be some changes and there's going to be a little bit of a change to the style of play that you see from Italy this season but um yeah we're, we're confident players are in good form and uh, mood is good so fingers crossed, Kisada's reign starts in an impressive fashion, but uh, yeah, we shall see.
0: One thing I will say about Italy, which I think uh, does benefit them um, ahead of some other teams in this competition, mainly sort of England and Wales, I'd say so more, um, is the fact that, yes, you have a lot of young talent coming in, a lot of fresh players coming in, but you also have that core of the squad. You also have those players who have, have been to the World Cup, who have been to the Six Nations before. You, you've got... And they are quite young themselves, but they are experienced at the same time. So you've still got that core. So you're not completely changed. I mean, I think the biggest change for you is going to be that coaching change. And we'll have to see sort of how that how that affects um, your, your style of play going to the Six Nations compared to how you went into the last two, I'd say, have been sort of these rise. Um, but you know, talking about mixed up squads have, England is probably the squad that is getting the most attention uh, for a, a few key players that have been named. Um, I mean, who are you looking forward to? Because England is probably the squad that I'm most excited about seeing, uh, seeing what they can do.
1: I think this is probably the biggest change I've ever seen in an England squad for as long as I've been watching rugby. We've now got this opportunity with Steve Borthwick to start something new, something that was going wrong with Eddie Jones and Borthwick kind of had to pick up the pieces a little bit, which was unfair. And I think a lot of people were quick to judge him, um, which was completely wrong. Um, But that World Cup cycle has gone. This is a new one. We can start afresh. A lot of old players have either retired or not coming back into the squad. Obviously, we all know what's happened with uh, Owen Farrell. He's gone off. Um, he Well, he took a step back from the England squad and now he's going to France next year. Um, Courtney Law's retired, a load of retirements as well. So this is a new look squad um, with a lot of young players that I believe Eddie failed to bring in at the start. Um, I think my my biggest interest and something that we've been talking about for ages is the 10 shirt. Um, yeah. Who will that be? Um, we have, you know, George Ford, uh, George Furbank, uh, Marcus Smith, Finn Smith. So again, four very good players who are playing some very very good, um, playing some very very good rugby at their respective clubs. If I had to edge it to someone, and this is out of bias as well, um, it would be Marcus Smith. Yeah. Um, I think. George Ford has played exceptionally well. Again, we can talk all we like about his heroics at the World Cup. Um, he's get, But he's getting on a bit, isn't he? He's, he's getting towards the end of his career. He's not going to be in there for much longer. Borthwick needs a 10 that he can rely on for years and years and years, however long he's in the job. So I think that, for me, that man is Marcus Smith. Give Finn Smith his minutes because, again, you know, there's no point in just bringing back... There's no po- point in just bringing through one, one young fly-off. Um apart from that, there's a lot of there's a lot of new look names, which I'm very excited to have. Ben Obano's been someone that I've really, really fancied in the premiership really? for ages and ages and ages. And to actually finally get to wear the rose is, you know, a massive, massive achievement. <laughs> uh Chandler Cunningham South has been incredible for Quinns this year. Um, so fully, fully deserves the 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 call up. I mean the game he played against Ulster, if you just look this weekend, was incredible as well. Um Emmanuel Fayeu Aboso.
0: Oh, what a steal that was. The card Yeah, boy. I was about
1: to say, uh, we've 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 done a couple, we've done a couple steals um from Wales and Scotland. Um so yeah, balls in our court now. Um I think we've again we've just got to utilise that back line. I don't know if Borthwick wants to go with a bit more of a running back line. Um, England has played this really traditional structured rugby for years and years upon years upon years. Eddie Jones played the same rugby all of the time and I don't know whether that was the time to kind of switch it up.
0: I think with Marcus Smith at the helm and yeah. now it, the, the quality that you've brought in from these players from the Premiership, these, these players are on top form, you know, you have such a such an electric well you have the potential for such an electric backline now
1: yeah yeah you just
2: it's all about it's all about how Northwick wants to try and play um we saw in the World Cup that it was a pretty I mean it was effective it was effective in terms of it produced wins but I think if England want to get the best out of Marcus Smith and if you can try and get the best out of Marcus Smith then you know you, you're going to have a good running team and i think the players they've picked surely that's how they have to go because there's too much there's too much attacking prowess to to sort of play a, a sort of 12 man game anymore so i think they've got to they've got to use those players because there's there's so, there's so much quality there
1: no exactly and i think you know now's the time to start kind of playing sexy sexy rugby and um to utilize some of those players who have been electric in premiership, you see a lot of these premiership sides have uh utilized these electric um backs. So again, you know, Marcus Smith, uh Danny Kerr, if you can use that chemistry they've already got. Um even so, um, I believe there we go, look for his name, Alex Mitchell. Um, I definitely back him to to be playing nine. I, was gonna say,
0: I think well. with Hampton's form, it's very hard to look past Alex Mitchell in that starting nine jersey. No. Ben Ben
2: Spencer as well at Bar.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a He's headache. So well. like,
2: yeah, two, the two the nine, nine shirt
0: be
1: hard to look out for, but I'd say the same I said for the ten shirt. They need someone who they can who they can place there for years and nurture instead of just playing lads that are based on experience. Um, obviously, what we've seen from Borthwick before with this England squad, experience was kind of his only saving grace because of the situation he was thrust into. When you've got the the chance to start again and rip up the rulebook, then I think Alex Mitchell, Marcus Smith, that's the way you go for your nine-zone combo.
0: I like it. I'll um I'll try my best to act excited. And listen, I'm not gonna lie, listen, everybody oh, knows. Come that on,
2: come on, on. you me. gotta be ex- you gotta be excited. Like I'm, I'm my I'm got a Welsh dad, so I've got a bit I'm a bit Welsh too. So all that yeah, there's so much yeah, there's so much youth in that team that there's you've you got to be excited about some of those young players. I mean I'd rather see all is. of this
0: young squad than a load of old has-beens. So I'll tell you what it is for me is this, obviously, I, I've lived in Wales for, what, 12 years now? Pretty much, I've gone through my sort of uh, senior school schooling and whatnot here and whatnot. Um, listen, I do have a soft spot for Wales. I, I do, because I live here. Um, but I find it hard to get excited for this squad as a whole, mainly based off of just the regional performances from the teams like Ospreys, Cardiff, Scarlet. And the dragons, and I think it's 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 actually, and I will say it's it's not just me, it's it's people generally because I mean rugby is pretty much one of the one of the main conversation uh, conversation topics around my parts anyway. Uh, I live sort of in uh, uh, West Wales, Carmarthenshire, which is sort of like a scarlet's hot area, yeah. and scarlets are shocking at the moment. So yeah, there's there's not much positive things to say about rugby, but from what from what i've gathered no one's no one's really excited about this team which i think's disappointing because like you said there there is a lot of young talent in this team um but i think for people to for it for it to sort of click with people they they have to perform well they have to perform well and um I mean, listen, you've got another captain, another new captain with Jack Morgan being out. J- Dab Jenkins, captain of Exeter Chiefs. He's 21. He's a brilliant player. He leads by example. Um, for me, I thought maybe a little bit too young to be captaining. I know yeah. Wales has a history of young captains, uh, but I think it's almost like you're trying to recreate a Sam Warburton. I'm not too sure if lightning strikes twice. I think Jack Morgan is the closest that you've come to it. Um, but overall... I don't know, it's just, it's probably it's probably just as shaken up as the England squad, but it doesn't feel as exciting because you haven't <laughs> seen the players performing week on, week out in their domestic competition. But saying that, I mean, I will go through a few key players because there are some. Johan Lloyd from the Scarlets, as poor of a season as they've had, um, he's looking like a promising prospect at fly half. Also, Scarlet's Tom Rogers in the absence of a Louis rees sammett because that's that's probably do you know what that's the biggest story about this Welsh squad is that there's no Louis rees sammett I think that's overshadowed the whole squad naming as a, as a whole. But Tom Rogers from the Scarlets, I mean, I've been watching him um, for a few seasons now on my trips down to Parker of Scarlets in Um He's he's always been a player that I thought you know what, give him a few more seasons and he'll be he'll be in that red jersey and. Uh, he, he's he been given his shot now. Um, one player that's been on top form for Cardiff is Mason Grady. Um, he's been looking equally deadly in the centres or on the wing. So I think if Gatlin, can, if Gatlin can put his pieces together and if Gatlin can pick the right style of game for the players that he's chosen, I think Wales can perform the Six Nations. What I will think there's a danger of falling into is playing a style of rugby that Wales maybe and Warren Gatlin may be more used to playing with these players. I don't think will work. You know, you go back to like Warren Ball and whatnot and how Wales played in the Six Nations, uh, not in the Six Nations, sorry, in the the World Cup, a very kick dominated game um, because they had the likes of Bigger, Anscombe. You know, they had those players to be able to control. Um, I, I don't think it's gonna go well for them. So I think it's it's either pick the right players for the start in twenty-three and make sure you have a game plan that suits those young players. Otherwise, I just think it's gonna be more of the same for Wales this year in the Six Nations. But I'm excited to see what they can do.
2: If there's if there's one team who has Wales, the regions haven't played well in Wales, haven't played well, haven't competed with the big the big clubs for decades. No. Let's be no. fair. And what is one team? Wales have always managed to somehow find form when it comes to a six nations tournament. They are one side that, especially under Gatland, have always managed to forget whatever's happening with the regions. The regions have been in the mud financially, on the pitch, off the pitch. Everything that could go wrong with Welsh rugby seems to go on. And then when it comes to a six nations, they somehow pull something out the back. And they've they done do. I hope they do and, they, and they've done that, but I think with the, the sort of squad they have the inexperience, the the youth. Um and like you said, with I mean, is Gatlin capable of playing an expansive game or I just, I just think, I just think that, yeah, away. I think, I think there's there's such a mix of player there and this we're still Wales are still transitioning through this Gatland to maybe what might happen after Gatland type thing. And I think in the meantime, it's what can Gatland do with the players he has available? Um, I don't think they'll be competing at the top end of the table, but no. like he said in his press conference yesterday, you know, people have doubted Wales and have, have had their pants pulled down.
0: So, you know, you can, you can, they're one side you can't write off. No, I swear you Well, you can't. It's Wales. Like historically, you can't write them off. We'll we'll go over and I think you know, the you know I think I want to start with Ireland because Ireland not only well the, the biggest talking point is John no Johnny Sexton and I think the biggest talking point is who in Ireland out of those fly off options who's taken that starting jersey because I don't I don't think Andy Farrell has a clue yet you know whereas England yes you're missing Owen Farrell. You 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 pretty much have, right, it's either going to be Marcus Smith or it's either going to be George Ford starting. Interchangeable, both are quality players, both can, that are proven to be able to do the job. Andy Farrell has a bit of a headache on his hands where I feel like he's going to have to either just pick one and stick with one, or he's going to have to rotate throughout the Six Nations and find which one works best.
1: Sam Prendergast. You know,
0: that's what I said. I, I said it, um, I think last week, um, I said, I honestly, with his form with Leinster, he is the the, the second coming of Johnny Sexton for me.
1: I'd better say, I mean, you know, you only have to go back to his school career to look at how classy he's been throughout the years.
0: And it's like, people say, oh, he's too young. He's too young to be in that island, starting 10 Jersey. Just do it. Just yeah. do it. You know, and it's also, it's also the fact that you've got to think about that four-year cycle now. If you if, if Andy Farrell can invest in a player like Sam Prendergast now, just think what we could be looking at heading into future Six Nations and the next World Cup. Um, but yeah, and obviously there is another big headache for Ireland because they've had a bit of an injury crisis where mm. you've got no Mac Hansen, um so that's brought in the possibility of players like Kelvin Nash from uh, Munster been named in the squad. Uh you've got a little bit more of a little bit more variety in that backline where new players have been forced to come in. Uh Jordan Lama as well, he's been called up. So otherwise, I mean Peter Omani been named as captain. I think that was a given. I think anybody could have predicted that um it's
1: experience isn't it like
0: it's the experience and when you've
1: got a new look squad you need you need at least someone experienced to balance it out mm-hmm. and someone experienced to lead them and i think but peter armani in terms, is...
0: like in terms of like that that starting that starting uh, 23 for ireland i don't i don't think it's going to be too new look to be honest i don't think there's going to be much difference apart from a few positions where you've had apart from that 10 jersey and apart from uh, a few positions in the back line. Uh, honestly, I think it's going to be more of the same. I think I mean, it's going to be more of the same.
1: The forwards will be fairly unchanged.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only big change there will be, I think Ryan Baird deserves some more starts in the back row because he's been unbelievable for Leinster. And when he gets ball in hand and when he gets a bit of space, he looks he looks like a bloody well outside centre sprinting down the field. So, um yeah I've, it's it'll be an interesting one i think i think andy farrell will be tempted to keep it more or less the same um because obviously he has uh, he has a big tour coming up this year as well heading off to south africa ireland are going to want to keep their good record against south africa as well uh, so i think for the six nations he's going to want to uh he's going to want to keep it mainly the same and build off that
2: that that 10 that That 10 position, obviously,
0: arguably fast the most important position on the pitch. And
2: without Sexton, Mark sort of commanding the ship, I imagine there to be a
0: little bit of a drop-off. This is what I said. I said I don't think Ireland are going to be as competitive. They're obviously still going to be competitive as Ireland. They're a quality string team. I don't think they're going to be... I don't think Ireland are going to win it. Uh, But we'll we'll go on to a few predictions of how we think it's going to pan out. I don't think Ireland are going to win it. I don't think there's going to be a grand slam this year. Personally, I, I think we're due a grand slam this year. Um, but who I think de-
2: who beats France?
0: That's What I'd say. I still don't. See, I, I'd agree with you, and my only answer would be maybe Ireland. And I'll get on to talking about Scotland, but I think Scotland have somewhat of a chance this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sick of this narrative. I'm sick of this. <laughs> Scotland, like, do it yeah. Me. You know what? It's I what? I not want to I don't want to be the one to say eight, it. Years. eight years it's been like, oh this is Scotland's year. It's been Scotland's year for a long, 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 long <laughs> yeah long. You, Scotland's even, Scotland's you even
1: see the, you haven't
0: seen
1: you haven't seen the bloody Netflix GSS's trailer. Like yeah Look at the Netflix trailer and they've gone, oh we think Scotland can go all the way this year. They're trying to get new fans into that as well. Yeah Sorry,
2: Murray, okay. but mate, Scotland. No, no, no. He's, he's, not, he's not.
1: He's not here this week. We can say what he lost. Yeah. So sorry, exactly, Murray.
0: Yeah. I tried. I tried so. so he's gonna hard. be edit- He's I'd gonna be
1: editing edge. this. Just like delete it all.
0: I tried to keep your spirit alive. Well, yeah, we might as well not talk about, really, about it now because the Scotland squad uh, is one that really—it—it it was the it's no surprises really. No, no Darcy think-
1: Graham.
0: Darcy Graham's yeah. out injured, yeah. isn't so he? Hamish Watson.
1: No, that was,
0: that was quite surprising for me anyway. But, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest mix-up has been the name of the co-captains, Finn Russell and Rory Dahj, as opposed to Jamie Ritchie. He's been stripped of his captaincy role, and it's been given to uh, the young gun, Rory Dahj, and obviously the maverick that is Finn Russell. Now, I'll just... Uh, for me the main reason why i could see scotland competing better this year is the fact that they are pretty much more or less unchanged in that core squad i uh, it's not it's it, they they've not changed enough to affect them in terms of they're going to have to find a new game style to play it's going to be a new structure it's going to be new players playing together um, their form last Six Nations. I mean, they beat England as usual. They, <laughs> they we, we
2: should have, we should have beat them. We
0: should have beaten them. we, In should, that, have we beat should have beaten them. Beat then Blair Kinghorn gave the ball to Duane Van der Merwe, and he, he did he did a try. Um, yeah. but yeah, that that passage of play for Italy, uh, a meter or so out from the try line. Um yeah. And then the referee blows his whistle. I yeah, it he didn't
2: give go. us a penalty. We should have had a penalty as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not can, about it. Honestly, but... I
0: can I can actually still see the pain in your eyes from it. yeah still there, man. <laughs> but um, no, listen. I think I think Scotland will do alright. I think I, I want Scotland to alright because honestly, if if Ireland or France win the Six Nations again, I'm a cry because I'm bored of it. I don't want it to happen. Um. Otherwise, I don't. There's
1: not much to say about. I I was. I was going to say to be honest, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: If it ain't broke, that's what. That's exactly what I'm saying. Um,
1: If they, they I think, yeah. The only one of the only reasons I see them competing to actually win the Six Nations this year is. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say at the expense of other teams. Sure. There, a lot of teams are in transition. Actually, most teams are in transition. I'd say. Italy have only gone from strength to strength but I believe England, Wales and Ireland are currently having a bit of a... They're, they're in a bit of an unknown.
0: They're in a... They're, they are in the biggest transition, I feel like. Ireland more so for yeah. just that, France, that mass gaping hole in the 10 jersey.
1: France, realistically should be the strongest side on paper. It's just... Oh, a yeah. few, it's just a few... A few numbers here and there. A few important numbers. That's the worst part, though. But um, is
0: is is dupont missing really going to weaken france to the point that no. they're going to no, no no
1: it's not it's not going to weaken no, them to the point where they you know completely crumble i just think that he is just such an integral part i mean he is oh, in my it's... eyes the best player in the world oh the i'd
0: agree I, I wouldn't i wouldn't argue that i wouldn't argue but that, there, i with... still
1: think that squad is good
2: that squad is on paper still is still the best squad and it's oh still,
1: like, oh, 100%. oh 100% i just think you know there's on paper is one thing, on the field is another.
2: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think with with Scotland, I think, look, Finn Russell has to have, he has to have a massive role in every single game he plays for Scotland to stand a chance, and I think that is probably the only criticism I've ever had of him, is that in those odds, big games that Scotland have, when, I don't know, they they lose to or or of France or um, in those big games, he needs to see.
0: He obviously has to play well for all five games for Scotland. to have a chance. Finn Russell has to have a blinder five games in a row.
2: Yeah, it's a couple of assists a game, 10, 12 points a game, that sort of thing to, to, to give Scotland a chance because, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to say it because I'm sick of saying it, um, but if Scotland are going to do it, then Finn Russell has to... Finn Russell, if, if Scotland win it, it will be because Finn Russell's player of this tournament. I think
1: that's
0: Scotland, the sort of that Scotland, have the pieces. Scotland have the pieces to do well but it is very much reliant on how Finn Russell uses them. I, yeah
1: TV. I will say like as good as Finn Russell is he plays that Maverick um character and he plays it so well but whether he can consistently Yeah
0: do it that's all the time
1: the- that's been and, my and,
0: and in in the pressure situations against the yeah. teams like
1: against Oh the teams, if he's if he is cool, calm, confident, he 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 plays his best. But yeah. like, can he do it when he backs up against the wall? We have never seen that before from him.
0: Yeah, no, he, not 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 he, for because, a full situations, not, not for, all for a full tournament. No, because
1: it. whenever we've seen it, you know, he's he's got the confidence and he's got the composure to run the ball and do these absolutely amazing things. But when you actually have to get down to nitty gritty rugby in proper test matches. I'm talking like, you know, purest test matches like the twenty, you know, twenty pointers. Yeah. But it's also mean...
2: it's also it's also that sort of thing. can he in 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 bad conditions on a windy, wet day, score five penalties for Scotland to win a game, 15, 10 type thing. Like is he capable of putting in a performance like that that sort yeah, of someone I mean, like Johnny Sexton or Owen Farrell would do? Can he Can he just play a game where he doesn't do all the flary things and just play yeah, Test, of, is test
1: Rugby's hard. Test Rugby's yeah.
0: completely different to anything you've ever played before. And the thing is, teams <laughs> are going to owe this. And, and Finn Russell is probably going to be the player with the biggest target on his back this tournament, I'll <laughs> argue. Because he is in, he, if, if, if there's any one man who is so integral to how his team perform on the day, it's Finn Russell for Scotland. And that is going to put the biggest target on his back out of sure. any player in the Six Nations. Yeah. Great. We'll quickly talk about France because we've already said that they are looking like the strongest team. Um, mm. I mean, you, especially if you've been following the top 14, if you've been following the European competitions, you've been following the French teams, yeah, you look at that squad and your first, the first thing you think is, where's Antemak? Where's Dupont? What's going on? There's no Gélange, whatnot. But then you have a look at the players who are there instead of them and you're like, oh, OK, fair enough. There's nothing to worry about. Uh, you know, you've got Jalibert in that um, 10 jersey. Uh, you've got Ramos, who's been playing 10 for Toulouse. Um, I doubt they'll use him at 10, but, you know, he's been looking more than comfortable there. And then in the scrum-off position, like I said, you've got Maxime Lucou, you've got Ligaric. Honestly, thought, ah, there's nothing to worry about, especially with players like Penno and Bialberry on the wings. <sighs> there's, a, there's a strong possibility France are going to run away with this tournament.
1: French rugby is probably in its best ever position. And I'm not yeah. just talking the national side, I'm talking from the bottom up.
0: The top 14, in my opinion, is the best domestic league in the world, by far.
1: No, exactly. But then, but then the, the the
2: the Pro D2 is also, by far and away, streets clear of any second division. Oh, and then you see
0: that with big players like George North going over to uh, a Province or whatever it's called. He's going to uh, money, do you know exactly. what I mean? It's,
1: yeah but you know they 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 pay their players well they you know it's it's exciting to be playing French rugby at this moment and there honestly anyone that. that's anyone that's gone over to France Arundel, Farrell just names of England players I don't blame them no. I do not blame them at all
0: No 100% and um you know right now i mean you did say why why wouldn't people want to play in france right now those teams those teams like La Rochelle, the toulouses the toulons the the um Rassin 92s those are the those are the teams that people players right now are thinking i want to go play for them because they're doing yeah. something because they are you, lead-
2: you want to play good rugby against good teams in good contests and for loads of money why would you not want to go? It's literally got everything, that's... and lifestyle. I mean... That's not that's
0: not even taken into account. A lifestyle, yeah. food, the weather.
1: Oh, mate! If the
0: I were support in general, the support in the top fourteen, their attendance, to games is is brilliant.
1: At this point, I would sacrifice Premiership career just to sit on the bench at a French team and just read a book on the Riviera. That'd be, <laughs> and you're getting paid a decent amount as well. A
2: bag. <laughs> Eating, eating, bread and cheese and sipping.
1: Oh, wine on the weekend. Forget the, forget the shower beers after the game. It's, it's all the wine. Yeah, It's,
0: it's in, the man. It. It's a bottle you of Sauvignon Blanc at, in the shower.
2: Yeah, you look, you look, you, you think about it from farwell's point of view, and you think he gets to leave all of this hatred he seems to have in England, and all of the abuse, all of the, the spotlight being on him for so long, and he's England's top point scorer of all time. He's literally un. Not lifted a World Cup, but he's done everything he could have possibly done for an England side. He's gone through all of that, and now he gets to go and he gets to go and spend a few years in France, earn a load of money, take his family out there, have a lovely life, and get away
0: from it all. You know, I think it's just the best possible thing he could have done. I will say it did shock me because you know, obviously Owen Farrell has been a one club man for the past yeah. 15 years. He's been at Saracens. He came through their system. Um, And from that, he became, um, which I've argued on this podcast before, uh, England's great, not just greatest ever fly half, greatest ever player. Um, For me, anyway, he's the highest point scorer. And how long has there been where England rugby has Owen Farrell's been that guy? He's been that Mm -hmm. guy in the 10 jersey, pulling the strings for England. Um, It's a shame to see him go because I think it's always a shame to see a player who's invested so much into one club leave, even if that club is Saracens. Um, But honestly, I'm so excited to see Owen Farrell in the top 14. And playing for Racing. You look at the roster fly that Racing have had.
1: For me, there were two viable options. Um, for Owen Farrell's whereabouts. i like, he wasn't sticking around any longer no um,
0: yeah.
1: and that was super league go play at Wigan like his dad did because he would be treated like an absolute king, but yeah, you could go to France, rugby union still get the money,
0: more money yeah,
1: yeah i mean i I think that was an incentive, of course, Wigan they they oh. tr- they, they treat him so so well, but at the end of the day, you know there's no there's there's nowhere near as much money in league as there is in in French union anyway no 100% play,
2: players coming towards the end of their career you just think go and make up as much money as you can in the last couple
1: of years well yeah you've seen i mean right? you see, it's it's the same in all sports the footballer's going to saudi the the golfer's going oh. to live. you know they they're coming towards the end of their careers they just want as much money as possible before they can just live off the rest of their lives sounder 100%
0: um, we've got one more point to cover and we discussed it me and Murray slightly discussed it but it's sort of come to light a bit more the, the big hype and the big commotion about it has died down somewhat and that is Louis rees Summit making his move into the international player pathway for the NFL Um, we've seen players do it before Christian Wade is the first one who comes to mind uh he went played for the bills did all right um ended up coming back to union back to rassing <sighs> i think Harve. i think you said we were having a discussion about it on the chat and you said all the best to him i hope he makes uh, you know i hope he does well i hope he i hope he makes a bag
1: well yeah exactly i'm i mean i'm an nfl fan so i'm not going to sugarcoat it i think the prospect of seeing a, a rugby boy going over to the NFL would be wonderful, especially as a, an NFL fan in the UK. That would be pretty exciting to see. Um, again, same as Owen Farrell, I don't blame him. Um, I think it's a different situation seeing as um he's in the middle of his career. He's definitely one of Wales' standout players. And as much shit as I've given him. He is a star player. He is a wonderful, wonderful player. So he can go to the NFL. He's still making, I think, 50K just by doing the pathway. Um, 300K if he makes a practice squad. And 800K if he makes the full roster, which that's enticing. Incredibly, yeah. incredibly enticing.
0: My uh, opinion of the matter has changed somewhat. Because initially I was... I was like, what the hell is he thinking? He is the star boy of Wales right now. He has the potential of a glorious career and he has the potential to become one of the best to put on the Welsh jersey. Blah de blah de blah de blah, blah. And now I I and I was in the mindset of he's never gonna make it. There's too much competition in the NFL, you know, he's not even gonna get into a draft. Um but now I sort of sat down and thought about it. I thought, you know what? Just fair play to the guy. Just do it. I think he's been getting a lot of hate. I just want to point yeah. that out he's been a hell of a lot of hate.
1: No, um, but uh, but honestly, I think that half of that is almost a uh, rugby fan's insecurity. Yeah. They yeah know, that they, that, that they... was
0: my initial reaction to it. Yeah. It was probably me as a rugby fan, seeing a rugby player as high profile as Reece Samet, switching trades to American football. I think but, that hurt
1: but but you need to realise that the sport is in a crisis, and more players are going to leave because the NFL is one of the biggest sports leagues in the world. It's got so much money. It's got you know the the lights, the TV, the fans. It's it is so much bigger than rugby in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I honestly do not blame him. It's such a if he's got the opportunity, he should really go and do it. I think he was either trying out as a running back or a wide receiver. He's def he's he's too big for running back. Um, they are skill there are skills that he's going to have to learn over the way. Um, it is a completely different sport. Yeah, but he has got the makings to be an NFL player. I think from what we've seen, the way he runs on the attack is so beneficial to to to, to an NFL team. But I think. If he makes it work, that might be his rugby union grid on.
2: Yeah, I think my initial my initial reaction was similar to Cans, like I was a bit like, you know, what are you doing?" And I think for a lot of people in Wales, like rugby is such a huge deal in Wales, like it's the be- all mm. and--all, end all, you know, and for a lot of Welsh, the Welsh public was basically like he's turning his back on Wales type thing, but so I think that's where the sort of the, the hate and the, and the, the
0: people not oh, understanding it. The Welsh public felt betrayed.
2: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And 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 that's and I think that I think I think that's fair enough. But when you think of when you take everything into consideration, we've talked about where rugby is at the moment. Like the premiership has just has already lost three clubs in the past eighteen months for financial problems. Rugby in general is struggling. Welsh rugby is really struggling. Why? Everything in terms of financial security, like the rugby career, when it ends, you know, it's not like you can live off your rugby, you know, you can't live off money that you earn in rugby for the rest of your life, like, the, the money isn't there for that. Yeah. When you when, when you look at it and you see what he's going to go and do, which won't be a walk in the park by any stretch, I think people are assuming that he's just going to go there, play a few games and come back after earning a couple of million pounds, like, it, it doesn't work like that That the... No. I imagine it's going to be, I don't know the process, but I imagine I've seen a lot of people say it's going to be quite a long and lonely journey for him in the first few, the early stages of of going through this pathway. So, and he's clearly a marketable player. Like, I don't know if you've seen uh, the documentary he did um, where he, he he, he clearly considers himself a bit of a, uh, well, one of the best, you know, he's, he's the he's, he's the dog he's a pretty boy. boy. He's a pretty yeah. boy. He's yeah. almost like a Cristiano Ronaldo rugby type thing. Like he's clearly considers himself like that. So he he he's clearly looked at himself, thinking, know, oh, I can make money." And I and I think his family have probably looked at that and thought the same. That's the I'm um, I you know, there's 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 the opportunity for him to go and make some serious serious money, but also make a uh, you know make a career of it. My initial thinking is that. I'm not sure it'll work, and he probably comes back to rugby in a couple of years' time anyway. But even if that does happen, um, he comes back having made a fair bit of bop. So as and long then, as he yeah, doesn't,
1: I'll, as long as he doesn't go into it thinking it's going to be a breeze.
2: Yeah, yeah, Don't exactly. Make it. And, and, I, and I think that that would be up to his, up to the people around him to make sure he doesn't do that. Yeah, I think him, he per- him if, personally. I think he probably thinks he can,
1: if he's driven enough to really yeah. think that I want to be. Not just an NFL player. I want to be a great NFL player. Yeah. He will the work. You know, again, it is a completely different sport. It works. You know, you can't just you can't just go straight from rugby and think, oh, this is just you know, same it's thing. It's rugby
0: with lads, you know. Yeah, it's it, 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 know. It, 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 it,
1: it's not. It's 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 completely different. And there are lads in those leagues that have been playing since school. And have had to, you know, have had to try out at school and make the top teams and get scouts into into colleges, the best colleges in the country. You know, mm. it is such a strenuous process, uh, mm. and ultimately, obviously, with the higher population, there's a there's a much larger player pool to pick from.
0: Oh, that, but that, that was only... my that was my point. That there's and there's, a, there's only so... yeah,
1: and you know, there's. Unlike rugby, where you've got teams in so many different countries, the NFL is thirty-two teams. Yeah, that's thirty-two teams of the best players in the world, of the best fifty-three players in the world. Yeah, and it's, it's stats-based, isn't it? As well, so it's like
2: you can't in the NFL. Your everything is so heavily based on your numbers that if you have a couple of quiet games, all of a sudden you're under pressure, and there'll be people, and there'll be the coaches, and people, you know. We'll be looking at his stats and thinking. Yeah, the, you, the NFL's ruthless. ruthless. Can't be quiet. You can't. You can't have quiet games. Like you have to be hitting certain numbers every single game. Like everything is. There's so much scrutiny on stats that you've got nowhere to hide. Like you've literally got nowhere to hide. You have to hit the numbers every single game. That's just, yeah. That'll, that'll replace you.
1: The NFL is ruthless. You see, like even just with even so you see the kickers, right? That is probably the mm-hmm. easiest numbers or the least numbers you have to work with. You miss two kicks, you're cut. Harry Malander.
2: Harry Malander's gone, isn't he? He's gone as
1: a yeah. A, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, I think that pretty go. much about the it. I think uh, I think we, we I think we've covered every point we need to. We probably missed something massive, but uh, we'll leave it there for today, boys. Um, and for for you guys watching, we had a bit of a longer episode tonight obviously we had to because uh you know previewing the six nations it's a big deal uh, it comes around once a year um but next week we'll be back i think we've only really got uh some like premiership games whatnot coming next week uh so it'll be back to normal more so next week and then we'll be kicking off into the six nations um and i think that's what everyone's excited about and we will be uh, once again opening a Six Nations Fantasy League on the app. Um, so obviously for all of you to join and try your hand at um, finishing top of that. Uh, but as always, uh, follow us on uh, all, our, all our platforms, Instagram, uh, Murray's on LinkedIn, and our TikTok. Uh, follow Marcello on TikTok as well. And um, don't, preferably don't follow any of Harb's platforms uh, it's it's not going to be good for you but anyway cheers for watching guys and uh, we will catch you again next week